so gratifying having these amazing women owners behind the brands that can, you know, who are coming to the region. You know, since COVID, about 20% growth across skincare. But in the long term, I want to look good at my age when I'm 75. When someone looks at me today, I, wanna, I don't want to look younger. I want to look, wow, I look amazing for my age. Hi, I'm Laure Sejean, a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body, from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il vous plaît. Today, I'm super excited by this episode. Uh, and the reason is because I'm having one of my very good friends, Soraya Juzi. Uh, she's an amazing woman. She's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Pearl Tree, a distribution company um, that distributes uh, some of the most gorgeous clean beauty and wellness brands in the region. <laughs> and I'm laughing because we had to do like a second take of this intro. <laughs> so welcome, welcome Soraya to, to my podcast, to Beauty, s'il vous plaît. Uh, Laure, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, I am so happy for you for launching this podcast, Beauty S'il vous plaît. I think it's a much needed platform and um, super excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for the intro. Yeah. So, so Laya, obviously, you know, I mean, we've been knowing each other for quite a few years now. Uh, we... The first time that we met was at uh, a second-hand clothes sale. <laughs> By French women. Yes, gorgeous. exactly, yes. Um, and, uh, and I remember it was the very beginning for me as well as a makeup artist. So I was going to this kind of event to meet people, to make myself known uh, in the market. And, um, and I did your makeup. Oh, you were on my chair and you told me, You told me what you were doing, and to be very frank, I didn't understand a thing. So I was like, hmm, yeah, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then we met again, like another beauty event called Beauty Pop, where uh, there were like some amazing makeup artists coming uh, from the US and the beauty influencers, beauty YouTubers, and uh, you were in the audience. And um, and then this is where you explained me again what you were doing and the brands that uh, you were handling as well. Um, and I think this is how we we started our friendship journey. So, um, Soraya, I would love uh, for people that you know are listening to us to know you better. And uh, can you introduce yourself? Thank you. And um, so, as Laure said, um, I've been based in the region for several years. I'm originally um, from the region, um, born and raised in London. And uh, funnily enough, I went to a French school, so that's why we, uh, we bond a lot on the French scene. 
and um, I studied hotel management. So from a young age, my father is, was a hotelier. Um, I was very much exposed to different cultures and traveling around um, everywhere globally. Um, so from my studies, it took me to Hong Kong, then I moved to Miami, then I moved to Beirut, and then Switzerland before coming and settling in Dubai. But my family's been in and out of Dubai for over 35 years. So Dubai has always been, a, you know, home to us at the Jersey household. Um, so my passions really lie in great food and great wine and creating concepts too, as well, you know, having the Lebanese gene in me obsessed with beauty and how we look. I mean, I think, you know, we're as pedantic as Italians when it comes to fashion. So those two are always been at the background of most of my conversations, uh, passions. I wish, you know, it's quite an expensive passion <laughs> over the years. Um, but then because being back in my background with hospitality, I've always been exposed to the spas um, and brands that were in the spas from a very early age um, and really appreciating what went into that. You know, even though, yes, I'm in food and beverage, again, what's beautiful about hospitality is you've got every department under one roof. So, so you started in food and beverage early in your career. Correct. What, what did you do? <laughs> so I started my career actually with the infamous Gordon Ramsay and having Gordon Ramsay on my CV today, um, if anyone wants to learn about organization, um, working under pressure, teamwork, and really the artistry of being a chef, unbelievable. I mean, I was there at 18 years old. I was paid. It was my first job. And what did you do? So I was six months in the kitchen. So again, a lot of people thought I was crazy and didn't understand, but I always felt that you always have to learn about the backbone of any business for you then to be a leader in whatever you wanted to, to do. Um, so I did six months. I started my first uh, section in the kitchen was in pastry, which wasn't great because unfortunately I love to eat, but pastries is not my number one thing. It's so, not your thing, yeah. No. So I actually lost 10 kilos. Wow. So I always say if you want to you lose some weight, work in a kitchen because you don't even have time to eat. Yeah. I mean, it was about three seatings a day. It was at the Savoy Grill. Unbelievable. Back in, you know, in 2006. So the chef's tables, you know, the time of Lehman Brothers and Goldman Sachs and Uh, I'm very much at the height of Gordon Ramsay's um, days. But so I worked with him and, and really like everyone asks me today, can I cook? I would like to say more into quality control, but can I work, <laughs> you know, and see as a team? And, and that was really the base of anything. If I hadn't worked at that age um, in those conditions, I wouldn't maybe necessarily be able to work and uphill what I'm doing today in my journey. So uh, it was fantastic. So I did a rotation for one year and then in front of house, then I moved to events. And then I, my, again, my passion, one of my biggest passions is wine. So then I did sommelier with an amazing gentleman called Mathieu at Petrus. Just seeing those wines coming out is just, was wonderful. Um, and then I went back to university 
And then the only chain that I kind of went out for was Four Seasons. And I joined their management training program. They had hired me for that for a fast track GM program. Um, in the interview, I had said that I would like to experience the Americas in New York. Because I think from London, it's very important. We have a lot of American guests in luxury and a lot of Asian And I had studied in Hong Kong, so I understood, you know, China is very much the future, but again, the American culture. And um, I've slipped in some Spanish and uh, big mistake. <laughs> I was in Paris for the weekend and I got my offer letter going, hola, welcome to the familia Miami. And I was presented going, you know, I had to, I used to spend my summers in Spain and it was a very different world. I mean, like Miami was 80% in Spanish. So it was a bit of a shock, but so I started my journey in, in Four Seasons Miami. So in Miami, they speak a lot Spanish. So 80% is, is completely in Spanish, no English. Wow. So, you know, on the interview process for getting the visa, they're like, are you sure? Do you know Miami? I'm like, of course, you know, I was singing the song, you know, I was, <laughs> I was in there, I knew, but, you know, dealing with guests that only speak in Spanish, you know, so uh, I can say that I can put on my CV that I can speak some quite good Spanish, but, um, so yeah, but then the crisis happened in uh, 2008, 2009, and it was the first time that the crisis kind of hit on the East Coast. We were the first property to be hit. So at the time you were in Miami. I was in Miami. <gasps> and so um, my MIT program got uh, canceled. And they were like, Sarah, what are you going to do? So that, that impacts your training, that uh, impacts your salary. But again, I was only, you know, 22 starting my career. And I said, you know, as long as I can survive in Miami, Uh, on my paid salary without asking any help. That was my criteria. And so that's, that's what I did. Um, so I changed up my lifestyle. I moved in with a friend because I'd ultimately I'm there to learn. Um, and then there was no real opportunities. I was supposed to move to Milan next again, the home of Italy with food and beverage. Um, but then Beirut was happening. It was the only opening and I had no idea about it. And I had never lived in Lebanon. And so they were like, Soraya, do you want to take this opportunity? And I said, let's do it. Because though you have Lebanese roots, mm -hmm. you were born and raised in London. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what happened in Beirut and what did you do there? You had your family, you had your, your mom and, and your dad there? or No, so my parents were very much you know, against it in the beginning because, you know, they had left during the war. And so for them, you know, some, you know, they're having their kid who's going there and not knowing the nuances, let's say, of the country, you know, you come back to London, come to Dubai. <laughs> um, unfortunately, at the time, there was no Four Seasons in Dubai. It was still the golf uh, club um, and the Doha had just come up. So, but again, having an opening on your CV is just priceless and at that age. Um, so no, it was just me, myself and I discovering my home uh, town. And uh, really, again, um, it was the most amazing experience. I think if you can, you know, do an opening like somewhere like Beirut, again, like a Gordon Ramsay experience, you can kind of work anywhere. Nothing phases me. So I worked... Uh, opened up, I was uh, in charge of uh, purchasing um, and running two of the outlets. Um, and then I stayed there for two years. And then um, I, that's where I stopped my journey with Four Seasons. 
Um, and that's in that interim phase, I got headhunted by a Lebanese Swiss cosmetic brand who um, one of the owners was living in Lebanon. And um, beautiful story. I mean, it's a doctor brand, surgeon brand, what was doing pre and post products. What, what was the name? Uh, Dr. Bergener. Okay. And um, he was, you know, giving these products post-surgery just for his clinic in Lausanne. But you know how it is in Europe. It's very much small structure hotels, right? Boutique hotels like Relais Chateau or small luxury hotels of the world. And um, I worked with them seeing the vision of bringing it to Dubai and the region. And again, with my expertise of knowing how to do standardization, because again, Dubai this 10 years ago was bringing the best brands to the region, we don't have boutique hotels and so on. So it's a very different dynamic. It's beautiful when you're in a standalone hotel, the owner can do personalized treatments, but it's a very different ball game when you are dealing with a brand where... So that's what I did. I worked with them for four years as their business development, but... Um, and were you based in Lebanon or in Dubai? So I was based living in a plane. I was four <laughs> years... <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. I was there two weeks working on Lake Evian on the laptop with the team to then one week in Beirut and then one week in Dubai. And that was for four years. So this opportunity came a bit out of nowhere. It came for a recommendation. I okay. was because again, with a pre-opening, my office was right next to the spa. And there was an exclusive brand in the spa, which was a completely clean beauty brand. And so, again, there was no social media at that time. Mm. And who was frequenting the hotel was mainly Lebanese or regional guests, but external Lebanese living in France so, and so on. So at the time when, you know, you'd be asking a guest, how is your experience? And for, you know, a man or a woman to say this was the most amazing treatment, I feel so relaxed I was like, we're onto something. And that's where I started my journey with Sudashi there. Um, and that always resonated with me, you know, the, the brand. So it was very much in terms of custom experience and, you know, seeing what was happening in the spa. And um, I got headhunted through the sister who was, you know, in the property and uh, having conversations. And and like I said, I always was interested in beauty. It was always, you know, a uh, ongoing passion. So... What made you start Pearl Tree? <laughs> or maybe you didn't start, or was it like with your father and then you developed more like the beauty and wellness part of the company? I mean, tell me a bit more about, about uh, Pearl Tree and your journey. Sure. So I'm very blessed. Um, my father being in the hotel business, um, he does global projects. So the company does hospitality consultancy, kitchen design. Um, and he's on many projects here in the region. And when 2008 happened, cr the crisis here in Dubai, but also globally, um, when everyone was packing, my father decided to open an office here and was like, you know, Emil, are you crazy? Like, you know, what's, you know, there's, there's no projects, everything's on hold. And I think that's the kind of, you know, um, you know, he's very much resilient and he said, this will pass. You know, and he said, we need to be next to our partners during these times. And when things will pick up, we will be here. And I think really I owe poetry. I wouldn't be here if my father hadn't decided, you know, it was a very tough four or five years as a family. We didn't have much income. We all pulled together. And, um, 
And so I was always, again, part of the family business somehow. So in terms of, again, business development side, so I'd always go to the investment conferences, you know, so I would always know what properties are happening, what's happening in the region, because I care about the region. I'm from the region. I understand my people uh, somehow. So, um, so what happened was when I was working with the Swiss brand and having that vision to bring it here and doing the market research and seeing that, yes, there was a potential, um, that's when I was like, you know what, this really makes sense. And again, I was coming back for so many years since to about 2001 and there was no real offering here in Dubai for, you know, wellness or when you're talking about the world of wellness. It was very new, you know, again, coming from London and I've been using so many brands, you know, um, that are, you know, <coughs> holistic. Um, there was not much here. So I was just like, right, there's something to be done. And, um, and that's really how I started Pearl Tree. Um, so again, I had a, you know, a bit of luck because again, at the time you're coming into this market and, you know, already at the time, you know, you had a lot of competition and they're like, who are you? You know, what's, what's your calling? Um, and so I had a lucky ticket with, uh, Four Seasons Dubai for their pre-opening. We created a personalized, uh, range for them. Which one? The one on Beach Road or the one in the AFC? The one on Beach Road. On Beach Road. And at the at the time on the meeting, I just happened to be there. I was like, would you be happy if I created something for you? I had nothing then. And I we turned it around. And that's how it, it started. So I was on the other side now of the hotel group supplying the uh, the cosmetics. And, uh, and, but I knew really that the brand would work here and that the guests would really value the brand. And, um, and then Sadashi, where my journey started in Beirut, followed suit. And they just saw my passion when I spoke to me and saying, well, what's your background? Of course, having the weight of my father's company and being here in the region for that long and having the structure, of course, helps. Um, but then just seeing, you know, how much I care and want to educate the region, the brands felt it. Um, and so then we, we picked the name Pearl Tree because Pearl is very much an homage to this region, um, which I call home. And they're all unique. Pearls are unique and they're beautiful and they signify luxury. And then tree, it's very much about the organic, you know, the, the very much the element of sustainable green and, you know, a very much long-term vision, you know. So that's how we came up with Pearl Tree. So you approach Four Seasons, do they approach you? I was there with a friend who was supplying towels I just happened to be in a meeting <laughs> and there was no approaching I was just there maybe at the right time at the right place and when they were talking I just said you know um can I create something special for you based on pearls and uh, they were like you know who are you <laughs> what are you talking about and I said if I come back to you and, and that's what I did we came back with a proposition and they they seemed to really love the idea and, and again um support um my vision. So I was just very thankful. And that's where that was our first uh, partnership in the spa here in the region. Okay. So, yeah. So this is what I was about like to ask you. It was like really about spa and wellness. And this is where you brought Sodashi to Four Seasons. 
So that was with um, that was with Dr. Bergener when I did the pearl line. Okay. So it started there, and then I was like, right, I loved doing on, being on the other side because I was still with the brand and I was supplying to them, and you know, had created this line. And then, then I was like, huh, okay. This is great. And I was like, well, I love Sudashi. That's, you know, and in the spa and that's completely clean. And that's when I contacted them and, and added to my portfolio. And that's when I started uh, the company. Poetry. Yeah. So at the time, then you had two brands. I had two brands. Okay. Yes. But then you don't have the other brand, Dr. No, no. You don't we, have it no, anymore. No, not anymore. No, we stopped with them about three years into the, our partnership. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm looking, you know, I've prepared some questions because <laughs> I like to be prepared <laughs> for my episodes. <laughs> and I was so much into what Soraya was saying <laughs> that I lost track of my question. But that's fine. Um, so, what is the specificity of Pearl Tree? Because you have different brands. Uh, all of them, honestly speaking, you know, I've tried probably like 80% of your brands. I love them all. And, uh, I know how you choose them like very diligently. Can we say that? Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and there are other distributors in the region of beauty brand distributor, wellness brand, but what is the specificity of, of, of Pearl Tree? Sure. I mean, when I was building Peltry, it was always about what's the purpose and what is the core values of the company. And when you've defined that and it takes time, for me, it was, it came naturally. It was very easy. You know, for me, the key thing is clean wellness. Because again, you need to find brands that share your values, right? Because if you're not going to share your values, then um, you're going to maybe have face challenges down the line. So you always go back to your core. And that was really about bringing the leading wellness and clean beauty brands who are, uh, who are really pioneering in that space. Um, we are very much into family business. So again, I'm a family business and I think that really has to resonate within our, you know, our partnerships. And, um, and sustainability. So when, so that when you've got a clear definition that you're looking, you know, for result driven brands that are pioneering in that space that are tested, because remember all of our brands are international and they're all found in the leading spas of the world. So who's using those products is, you know, the industry leaders is the therapists. You know, you have that trust factor immediate that if you're, you know, have passed insurance line with a certain hotel, you know that the brand is, you know, stands for what it does. Um, and I think that's very important for Dubai and the region, you know, bringing trusted brands, right? So that is already in and tested with the therapists. Um, and if they've had no rashes and they've, you know, seen many guests, um, and reactions to the brands. Um, so yeah, so I always go back to what are my, what are my values? Do they share the values? And, um, and then second is that we are skin experts. 
So for me, what I really care about is educating the region. We're very much behind to the rest of the world. And you're a skin expert and you are a skin expert. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, you're in front of me and your skin <laughs> looks like, you know, flawless. So glowing. And I know, like, you know, the effort because we speak about it, like, you know, that you really look after your skin. With, so. with no makeup, but it's with okay. With no makeup. Laure, because Laure, yeah, yeah, you, you help me out with that. <laughs> when I, sometimes. Sometimes when I need it. Um, no, I mean, so going back to the question is that um, education, education, education. That's what I'm here for. Again, going back to I'm a woman from the region. I understand the skin and the body concerns. Um, and for me, it's about bringing these beautiful brands that I am passionate, that I believe in, and they themselves, the principal, are very big on education. So again, it's very easy for me to, you know, they have so much knowledge, even on their websites. I just tell people, you want, this is free education. You don't need to go. They're giving you a lot of information out there. So again, I've built the team around being a skin expert where we can really personalize your regime for you. There is no such thing as this is the best product for you. Thank you, marketing, but it's a lot of BS. But today, yes, you can be, I love this brand for the concept or the story or you know what we believe behind it. But there's no such thing as this product is the best. Every skin is different. And that's why it's very important when you're in the line of skincare, you have to have treatments related to it. So going back, what is different to Pearl Tree is that all of our brands have treatments related to it. So it's an experience. So you would have it within a spa or even within a retail, you would have a treatment experience followed with a personalized prescription that we build up to include in your day-to-day -day lifestyle. So I hand curate brands that I'm passionate about, but are all complementary within the mix. So for instance, if you go into the retail space, you would find one-on-one -on -one skin with Nesco, the leading um, marine collagen masks. Then you would find Kula, which is an SPF skincare brand. You would have our tools, the gua sha's, and then you would have our hair care brand from Miriam Cavedo. So again, as a journey, custom experience, you're going along, you know, that, you know, discovery. Um, so... Yes, yeah, so I mean, I was about to ask you, you know, what are the brands that uh, you are uh, handling in, in the region? And uh, for those who are following, you know, the, the, the fashion industry, the <clears throat> all the fashion weeks, you know, the world that uh, we've just, um, uh, we've just uh, gone through a few weeks ago. Uh, and I want to say that we are the 5th of April. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm not sure when we're going to uh, release you know, this uh, this episode, but uh, going back to Fashion Week, one of the brands that you're handling is 111 Skin um, that I discovered like, I think two years ago. Uh, this is when you launched it, but it was in the middle of the lockdown here. And... Um, And I must say that I'm obsessed with this brand, I'm, but I'm obsessed with all your brands because <laughs> they are all good. They are all bringing something um, to me, to my clients. One, one, one skin in terms of eye mask is just like 
amazing. Like it, it removes, you know, your puffiness, your fine lines. So anyone who has a big day, like, you know, a wedding or, or indeed, you know, um, uh, a fashion show needs to go like on the catwalk. I know that they are using the mask behind, uh, behind the scene on backstage. Uh, to prepare the models. Uh, I know that a lot of uh, celebrity makeup artists are using them, you know, on their uh, clients, you know, like I do as well. Um, uh, Knesko as well, Knesko Skin. Um, I met the founder. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Leia. Yeah, Leila. Yeah. Leila, yes. Yeah. And um, she's uh, she w used to be a makeup artist. Yeah. She's a Reiki master. Yeah. Uh, and what I like about this brand specifically, it's the whole, the, 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 the spirit behind it, the mindset behind it, what it brings to you. It brings you like, um, for me, it's wellness. You know, it, it yeah, it's, I mean, you need to experience you know, those masks because yeah. when you need, for instance, you know, to have some self love, you have this mask. Huh? With the rose, rose quartz. Rose quartz yeah. And at some point, you know, I needed to have some self-love for me. I applied this. I took some time for me and I felt so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and the same. It's like the masks are amazing as well. Um, I love them all. It's very <laughs> difficult for me. And 111 Skin is one of the brands that I always have in my kit. For my VIPs, for my brides, I always have some in my kit. Uh, Miriam Quevedo, the same. I mean, I know that for years you told me, Laura, you need to, <laughs> you need to try this brand for your hair. It's a hair care brand. And I was like, no, I'm good. You know, like, mm, no need to know my hair is very simple. <laughs> and maybe a year ago, you told me, okay. And, and I was like, okay, now I think I'm ready mentally to try. <laughs> and I fell in love. I fell in love because I feel that my uh, hair felt so much like smoother. And again, as what you were saying, you're a skin expert and you want to give education. So when I tried Miriam Quevedo, I did uh, a scalp analysis. So to understand what was my concerns, my, my personal concerns in terms of my hair, my scalp, and not just to give me like any product for me to try or... It was really like, you know, I had the full experience and it really like helped me to understand what was going on, like in there. <laughs> and then you gave me like a specific, you know, um, treatment. And I can see that my scalp, you know, is much better now. I can feel it. My, my scalp is less like, uh, uh, how do you say itchy? Uh, and, uh, and I had the pleasure to uh, meet Miriam like a few weeks ago when she came to Dubai and she's, an absolutely uh, divine person to talk to. Uh, she, she's Spanish. She, she, I mean, I had an interview with, with her that will be published like soon, not on this podcast, but, uh, on Unfiltered, uh, where I'm the beauty editor. And, uh, yeah, we had such a nice time. I mean, for all the listeners out there, I, I, you know, it's, so gratifying having these amazing women owners behind the brands that can, you know, who are coming to the region. You know, I'm always, we work as an extension of the team. So for me, I love 
to have them come out here to the region and have, you know, leading practitioners like Laure in the makeup field, because I think it's also very important to work with makeup artists. And I think, you know, our journey started because you're one of the few who was looking at the skin pre-makeup. Because I always say, if you have great skin, you don't need a lot of makeup. And your style is very clean in your makeup. So it works very well. So you started that journey as well. And, and again, not just that, and that, you know, your journey going into unfiltered was very organic because again, you would use products that you only tried and tested and love. Exactly. You know, so again, it's one of those things where you'd be trying products from us, which are again, as you can see, very much curated and complementary to what you would need for your makeup look. And that's the difference with us, mm. right? It's not just here's a box, 50,000 products in there, do a tag, and there you go. So there's very much the full process that goes behind it. What works well? What would be of interest to you? Uh, we, we always handwrite the notes and again, and, and deliver and, and give you that online prescription. If we can't make it to you, I say to you, know, and that was a big learning in COVID, right? two years of doing because we're mainly b2b but you know we've gone really now to b2c and growing that and hearing women's concerns their kids concerns the husbands um on their skin um, and again skin is hair face and body remember it's not just about the face um so that was very very interesting as well um on how we curated for them but um again these uh, leaders, uh, owners, um, they have so much knowledge and, um, you know, I, I hope uh, all of you get to meet them and, and come to some of their activations. And so I'm glad that you got to meet Miriam who just, yeah, was here a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't um, wait like for her to come back. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we, watch out. We're looking to launch her skincare range. Ooh, I'm super excited yeah. about that. Huh? Yeah. Cause I know that Miriam is selecting only like the best product. It's, uh, it's clean, um, hair care. Mm -hmm. um, a product, you no, know, like in terms of ingredients, there's uh, no sulfate, there's no paraben, there's no silicone. Nope. Even the packaging now. It's, uh, so again, being because they do their R and D. So when we talk about luxury today, because this <laughs> word is very much thrown around here in this region, the fact that our brands can still manufacture or they own their own manufacturing plants. That's a huge thing because you're going into testing, clinical testing, which is very, very important, and then sourcing the ingredients. So from, again, it's a 20-year-old brand, so she was, in, she was celebrating her 20 years. So going for that stage of how today her packaging has evolved mm -hmm. and following the EU you know, packaging um, requirements of being as sustainable, and it's going to be even more, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. So she's got a latest vegan range. But again, we are now supplying her range to the likes of the Maldives. Mauritius is coming up. Wow. Um, Seychelles. And what is the requirements for those islands? Sustainability. You know, and, and it's really important of how the bottling is. You don't think, you know, again, in the region. But again, if we're looking at the coral reef and what are the brands. So again, we are very lucky to be now at the forefront because again, I started this seven years ago where, like you said, who are you? What are your brands? What are you trying to achieve? <laughs> and I think, you know, COVID somehow has happened, has, you know, uh, silver lining has, you know, brought about 
to the forefront a little bit in this region of what are we doing with our skin. So it's helped. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> I think also like, you know, before I, in the region, no, we were a lot about like makeup, makeup, makeup. And today we are a lot about self-care in terms of skincare, hair care, body care. Um, I can see that, you know, when I'm receiving some, uh, I mean, I'm receiving a lot of <clears throat> skincare brand, you know, uh, new products. Um, I'm very grateful about that. And I think it's great. As you said, you know, I'm, um, I'm convinced that if you don't look after your skin, and I'm talking about as a makeup artist, <laughs> you cannot get like the same result. Definitely not. Um, and it doesn't mean that you need to have like a complete flawless skin because I don't have a flawless skin. But however, I know that when I apply makeup on me, I know that my skin looks like so much better because I'm looking after my skin. And I think that this is what COVID brought us in a way or being in lockdown, you know, it's really like to recenter on ourselves and to explore like new things in terms of, you know, skincare, in terms of hair care, to really look uh, after after ourselves. And this trend is is more and more. I know that in terms of um, uh, the, the, how do you say, the, the evolution of skincare brands uh, in the market is growing so much. Clean beauty is growing even more. Uh, I, I don't have like the, the figures like in mind now, but I was... We were together at a conference like a few weeks ago, a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Ago, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I couldn't believe that, you know, how the beauty industry has evolved. Um, and especially here in, in the, in the region. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting because like you said, typically fragrance, I think will still remain as culturally. Yeah. We're very much attached to fragrance. And makeup, and then it came skincare and body care. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, since COVID, about 20% growth across skincare. And we see that with our brands, you know, we've just launched a counter with one on one skin, which is the first in the region. And that's just showing you that big players like Altire are very much invested in, you know, bringing, you know, um, you know wellness or, you know, clean beauty brands. But again, one One Skin has the treatments elements, right? That we have yeah. launched with the likes of Jumeirah Group. So again, you can experience the skincare and then go and do your treatments. But so that as an investment is showing you, you know, the and there's going to be a new area coming up. You know, since seven years ago, every single year, that space of, you know, upcoming emerging cult beauty brands I've now have come to the forefront and, you know, Shell Huber, we were together, yeah. you know, as well, you know, they've launching something really exciting that's coming up that website that you know, we were going to be on called Beauty Nation. And again, congratulations. You know, thank you. Thank you. We're so excited yeah. you know, to, to be part of that because again, they're seeing, um, how much, um, is, is a demand, but again, they're going to look at it as an education platform mm -hmm. because it still doesn't have, we don't have a platform like that still. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how that would actually translate in the region. So we're very much on demand right now. You know, when we talk about, is it a trend? It's, it's not a trend. It's, this is what needs to happen. You know, we're, again, like I saying, we were so far behind and this trend will stay, you know, makeup Definitely. will always be big, 
Um, I love makeup. I don't use a lot of makeup, which is, is, which is also, um, me, but, uh, who doesn't like to, um, glamify themselves. Um, it's part of well-being, yeah. you know, you, it makes, if it makes you feel good, then very good. Mm. Um, but no, um, our brands are very relevant right now. So it's a very exciting time to be in the region and it's going to grow more. But again, if we don't make it simple for the end customer and really just stick to basic steps, you know, because there is so much out there, there's so much overload of information. Yeah. There's a lot of, but at the same time, clean is just coming on the market here. So it's not like in America. Exactly. So I've just found like uh, my notes about like the, the conference and they were saying that their skincare um, has the, the most important progress uh, with plus 9%. Mm -hmm. I remember like few few years ago, maybe like three, four years ago, like skincare was such a small part of, I'm going to give the example of Sephora because yeah. it was like nothing, maybe like 10% or 15% of of the whole floor. And I think that today it's probably like around like 30%, like a third of what they're presenting, you know, uh, and at the store is skincare. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, this is definitely, you know, one of the, of the biggest like, um, growth in the beauty industry is skincare. Um, if you live in Dubai, please go to Bloomingdale's and uh, have a look at their 111 skin uh, counter. It's a gorgeous like corner. You have all the product there. Uh, I did an activation maybe a couple of months ago there. Mm -hmm. um, and you can find all the products there. Um, I'm just thinking of this because this is, again, one of my favorite uh, brands that, uh, that you have. Um, and there again, you know, Irina, who is yes. a skin esthetician, <gasps> certified um she's very advanced and does a lot of clinical procedures as well you know we'll give you that prescription and invite you for facials you know so you can really see the results and get that and ask the questions you know you know that's what's really important yeah. is taking that time to speak to an expert which is complimentary you know you don't it doesn't cost anything yeah no definitely i mean irina is amazing she would give you like the best advice um, we just touched point about like clean beauty. And, uh, this is one of the topics that I'm very passionate about. Um, indeed, the, the clean beauty, uh, is just starting to penetrate the market here. But in the US, it's been a topic, you know, or it started, I would say three, five years ago. Um, I remember when I became a makeup artist like five years ago, they've, they just started talking about clean duty in the US. I feel today everyone wants to be in the, in the clean or everyone wants to launch a clean beauty brand and wants to, wants to be in the clean beauty industry. And, um, and I find like, Yes, indeed, the, some brands have removed some nasty ingredients. Um, but apparently, I mean, from what I heard, like from other conversations that I had, you know, you have so many, like in the way they are much more like open um, in terms of the ingredients they can still have in their products. They're not necessarily clean. And there are very few 
beauty brands, skincare brands, wellness brands that are like 100% clean. And that's going to be a question for you. Can we have, or can we, is it, uh, is it real that we can have a product like 100% clean? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> million dollar question um, no because it is very confusing what's natural what's green what's sustainable what's because again green is a big word as well mm. um, what's clean um, so I believe in taking a common sense approach to clean beauty mm-hmm. if a product is intended to to stay on your skin all day like a moisturizer mm-hmm. or it's covering a large surface area like a body lotion then you should try to switch to a cleaner alternative so again you know start finding natural placements like a sunscreen because mm-hmm. that's something that you should be applying every day mm-hmm. a hand soap or your body wash or your deodorant things that you're just commonly doing and these were the kind of products that again was the biggest question mark during COVID that people were looking back. Because if you have kids or your family, those are the things that everyone is using on a daily basis before even moving to skincare. So, you know, clean beauty is a spectrum, but a case can be made that some ingredients should be avoided altogether. So, I mean, look, there's, I mean, there are key ingredients. Again, I'm not going back from the chemist side of spectrum, but key things to avoid is parabens, petroleum, oxybenzone, silica, talc, um, you know, and again, when we talk today about, you know, we're going to be living longer. Okay. And that's a, that's a, that's a point, you know, technology is helping us to live longer. So if we're living longer, okay, one, what's great is that there is technology that is helping to make products more effective and that was something that we saw in the talk with Shalub how skincare started right predominantly in the 70s and then how you know it started to evolve with technology so I am pro-technology to a certain extent Um, but again as a distributor it's a very unsexy job (laughs) because it's like a doctor you're having to dissect the brand, um, and only when you go into it, you're seeing all the ingredients and what's behind the brand and how they produce it and where they're producing it and where the ingredients are coming from. Because again, that's all linked to it today, right? In your story of how your sourcing is such a big, how's your packaging? Um, Can I ask you a question on this? How many new beauty brands are you receiving or being, or how many, oh, sorry, how can I phrase that? Uh, What's the frequency for you to be approached by new beauty brands and saying that they are clean? And uh, how do you do to make the selection? So good question. Um, I would say we're in a very fortunate space today with Peltry. We have about over 50 to 70 brands a year that reach out to us now as being the leaders of clean and wellness um, brands in the region. So again, it goes back to what I was saying before of how do I find my partners? Again, creating a brand is unbelievable. And I say yes to seeing all of the brands. Anyone who wants to send me a brand, because again, I thank them for thinking of us 
because it's it's a lot of hard work creating a brand. It's not easy. And that's why out of the, let's say, hundreds and thousands of brands that are coming out a year, how many are actually making it? Or how many do you hear about? So even with our brands, you know, it's not anymore a cult beauty brand. Yes, our brands are found on Comp Beauty and other major onliners, but our brands are the relevant of now. You know, even the Dior's and the Chanel's are going to create their own clean beauty range. Because they and can. And they are, yes. And they are, because mm. they can. And they will always have that market share. But um, today, when it goes back to what I look for, there's many things, you know, of how many years have they been in the market because I said that is very important because you've tested, you've adapted, you've reformulated. Because in your first couple of years, you're 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 it's like a testing ground, right? You're always changing it up and perfecting. It goes back to again, sorry to bore you, but maybe I hopefully find you find it interesting. But you know, the range, you know, you've got to have a you know a over 10 SKUs mainly, you know what I mean? So that you have a bit of choice, a variety to come to the market with. Um, and again, I go back to having treatments. So if you're owning two products or three products, what can I do that? I can't do much, right? So, um, and then it has to fit in within our portfolio because again, I've got to love it or the team have got to be passionate about it. Doesn't make sense. Does it have to, so this again, it goes back to our core philosophy on, on picking brands. And do you, when choosing your brand, do you ensure not to have like a, a conflict of interest in between brands? Because, you know, you have, it's, they are all like into like beauty, yes, indeed, like wellness, but how, how do you make sure that, is it something that you look into? I mean, sure. I mean, how we work with our partners, we're, you know, we're very transparent and that's why it's called partnership. And um, when I'm looking at brands and maybe in the similar category, so again, it depends on how you build your business. If you today want to become like a L'Oreal or Shalhoub, you can have many brands, right? And then you just have different account managers who are going to be handling that. The most important is that you're able to have the structure to give the right attention to the brands because again you can be passionate about many brands but when you've got like let's say over 15 skincare brands heavyweight brands in that sense you get lost in translation right you're you're you know the teams performing the treatments might get lost you know um so for me because i hand curate it's all about being complementary and that's very much where we are today um so if there was a specific brand whenever you are In partnership, you always in the beginning say to your partners, is there any brands that you don't feel comfortable sitting besides? Mm. Because again, I'm always being approached or my I myself from having experience on my travels or through recommendations I'm looking. So from the get-go, and we always have an open conversation. If I want to take another brand that is a similar category, let's say in hair care, because that's an easy one to pick, Why? What does that offer? Is there a key difference? Because again, it has to go back to me, right? I'm the one who's going to be leading on the product and the launches here. So I have to have a very clear communication of why am I bringing it to the region? What is the added value for my customers? Doesn't make sense. Is there something missing where I can grow complementary to that brand? Today, what do you think is missing in the market? Like. You have gorgeous brands, okay. 
But what do you think is missing today? What would you like to see? I would like to see a, and it's getting there. You know, Dubai is a maturing market, and um, but a community of people who understand and appreciate clean, sustainable wellness. Um, I think you know, without the community being there, it's 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 challenging. Um, but there are some conferences and. Uh, you have a lot of, you know, wellness conference, you know, once a year in Dubai. And uh, so you don't think that this is creating the, the community or what, what kind of community would you like to see? What? Sure. So again, you know, the vision for this region, especially for Dubai, you know, His Excellency is very much, you know, adamant of having Dubai as a wellness hub. Mm -hmm. um, and in the last two years, retreats have really become a thing, right? Yeah. From COVID, during COVID, we, we, we saw that as a Dubaian, you know, we actually are spending our money and our time in Dubai. We're traveling a lot less. Domestic tourism is on the rise. And these wellness retreats, And there's still very a few, you know, who are doing it properly and it's only going to get better and bigger and have a bigger platform of uh, practitioners who can be part of that. You know, we're so proud to be part of these as well on the, on the skin side of things. Um, so the community means that today when if you are, let's say, an influencer or a blogger um, and you're viewing products or YouTube, And this is maybe why I need to maybe start maybe my YouTube channel soon and, and having, you know, you inspire me, Laure, because again, you're just like, I just want to do my podcast. Khalas, <laughs> let's just do it. Um, but yeah, my, my business is, uh, is <laughs> keeping me busy. But um, there's not a lot of people who, who understand the topic. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking today, you're looking more at the West, you know, or UK or Canada, who's been able to. So that's what I mean about, it's about bridging that community and making it, you know, a bigger space. And then I, because I think it starts in Dubai, right? It'll start coming to the rest. But um, I would say now there's a good portion. I think you've got about 30% of people who are already using uh, clean natural products. So whenever, you know, so that's a good start. Um, and we'll get there. They were saying something super interesting, you know, in Shaloub, and they were comparing like the different apps or website where you could compare and scan the product and telling you that each app, you know, were giving you a certain vision of what was clean, you know, um, with them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not very accurate because, and I'll go into a little bit of why that's the case. But again, you know, they found that, you know, 14,000 have been found to be in industrial chemicals that are carcinogens, pesticides, and hormone disruptors. So again, today, when we talk about our hormones, again, we're already living in very harsh climates or people in pollution, our, our lifestyle is quite intense. So on top of that, when you're putting all these products on that are, you know, could lead to hormonal imbalance. And that's what they, there's so many studies that they found and so many, especially in makeup brands, Lach, is, is one of the biggest, you know, and when you're having children today from as early as the age of 14, 15, starting their journey, you know, you have a daughter yourself, mm. you know, and you're putting that, they found, you know, statistics that it was creating them, you know, hormonal imbalances. So again, when we talk about, you know, clean, 
you know, it's what does it actually mean? So, I mean, for me, it's it's safe for the people, it's safe for the planet. Um, you know, clean means that a beauty product should have considered human and environmental health using a non-toxic element as a baseline. So it's the same thing as like eating clean. You know, you're rejecting the idea of processed foods and focuses on nourishment. I think that's really important. Just putting it like that. Plant-based produce that delivers all the vitamins and antioxidants that is basically needed to increase your immune immunity. And that was our big focus as Pearl Tree during COVID is that we have the leading clean beauty brands. Today, we are already putting so many chemicals without even knowing our lipstick when we eat, plastic, you know, apparently they found already that plastic is already found in our blood. I, I know. We might suffocate yeah, from that. There's a lot. But so today it's about reducing and being mindful of how much chemicals we're actually putting on our body. And it's so easy. It's just being mindful and taking that one step. So again, because we don't, health today is wealth. The growth of the of the uh, wellness industry, we're part of it in skincare, is huge. And you're going to see that's really the evolution for the future, is investing in wealth gadgets, wealth uh, femtechs. That's really the future, how I see it. But today, we cannot afford to have a weak immune system. Mm. We have to take care of ourselves. And that goes back to learning how to sleep, how to eat, your fitness, the products that you're using. It's not just one category. So whenever we do our consultations at Pearl Tree with skincare, we always do that consultation of your lifestyle and how you, however you're living, can just, just by changing your shampoo or just your shower gel, like I said, or your deodorant, is you know and there's and there's products out there now that you can get that's the great thing is that dubai is now creating a platform where these brands are now available 10 years ago yes that's why i started poetry right i saw the gap in the market but today i can say you can find the deodorant deodorant brands that i was using back in the uk are now available here so really there's no more excuses it's just It'll get easier for the end customer, I think, like with Beauty Nation and so on, to kind of showcase and make it easy for the customer. Um, indeed, skincare has done a huge progress in terms of being cleaner. Um, and when I talk to my clients about like, you know, their, 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 their beauty routine or skincare routine, um, I encourage them like to use uh, clean beauty brands or what I feel also is, is clean or cleaner than what they're using. Um, and always I have in the back of my mind is what about makeup? And I mean, I don't apply makeup on myself like every day. Uh, so, I mean, I would say like, this is where I feel a bit more comfortable by the fact that, you know, I can use makeup, though I know, no, it's not like 100% clean, but now it's starting to see are emerging some clean makeup brands. So um, one that has launched recently that is La Bouche Rouge. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I met the founder indeed at the um, at the event of uh, of Chaloub a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, I'm going to find his, his his name is Nicolas Gerlier, and basically his idea was to create the first luxury clean makeup brand. Um, so I've tried the mascara, 
I love the formula. Uh, the brush, I like it because it's a simple one. The packaging is gorgeous because it's luxury, so it seemed to be, to be nice. Um, there was also another makeup brand called Old Tigers. Mm-hmm. It's also... Um, uh, I a love French. the story of that. I love the story. Such a nice... Yes. So the founder, basically, so he founded this uh, makeup brand uh, for her daughter. And her daughter was 14 at the time. Um, so, yeah, so all tigers, all tigers, it's with the S uh, at the end, actually. Um, and um, what I wanted to tell you, is yes. So there are few makeup brands that we are seeing now uh, being organic or clean or cleaner than you know what we we could see before. So I think you know we have this coming now. Yeah, but look how many one, two, you know. And you remember there was another lady who was just trying to create the fresh product. But again, yes. when you ask, when you go back to your question of how clean can you be, it's like, that's great. But as a distribution, the time shelf is only two days. So it's about, you know, when we talked about what was the brand, uh, L'Occitane. Yeah. L'Occitane is, you know, really the, maybe the only pioneer in the region who can do the whole recycling and refilling program in the region. So again, it goes back to the infrastructure. And, and what's great to see is that Dubai is really, you know, advancing on the whole recycling and it's starting, right? You know, it's uh, it's coming. But um, you don't see much of that. The same thing in terms of like manufacturing of, of skincare brands here. But so there's still... There's, a, there's still a long way to go. That's what we learned, you know. Um, but it's great that Dubai has brought these brands. And like you said, the market share of recognizing uh, clean skin brands are out there. And going back to can a brand be completely clean? Yes. I mean, when we look at Sadashi, and again, when we look at the Americas and the FDA there. So there, if you have, let's say, free percent of ingredients are organic they can call the brand organic or natural right if you go to the eu they're stricter right so we know that they've controlled and they keep on adapting their ingredients um so you have a bit of trust factor there but australia today for me has i would say the leading clean beauty brand australia australia Mm. new zealand but again it's the marketing right like anything and so when we talk again about clean is that Sudashi was created 25 years ago, again, non-tested on animals. None of our brands are, but um, they manufacture in-house, again, to the vibration of their signature music. Everything is handmade. And what does it mean? They call themselves chemical-free. Because in Australia, if one ingredient is not from an organic farm, they can't call it organic. But the brand, in essence, is completely organic. The, the, the packaging is, and the oil is made out of vegetable oil. Again, 25 years ago. Wow. It's not about, the, bowl, the glass is Marin glass, which is the same glass that conserves olive oil. Again, 25-year-old year old brand. So it started the journey of Six Senses and then Four Seasons Paris. And then that's how it became you know, a leading holistic brand. What's the name? Sudashi. That's it, Sudashi, yes. Yeah. So again, when you, today, the myth of, can be clean, can it be result-driven? Because we're so obsessed in this region of, I want results now, I want results. Absolutely. Because again, what's happening is that 
if we really care about our health, why do you go and pay a spa treatment? Because when you go, it makes you stop for that period of time. You're there to relax. So when you're coming out of that treatment and you're feeling that pampering experience, that's why you say beauty sleep, right? There's, you can't do anything. We always talk about this because, you know, my sleep has been interrupted for the last two years. But without sleep, you know, and again, that relaxation, it shows on your face when you come out of that treatment. You feel rested. Your mind is clearer. Your body is more relaxed. And that shows on your skin. And that's instant results, right? Yeah. But people don't look at it like that. They just look at it as my concern is my lines are anti-aging. I need a product that is going to instantly eradicate my lines, which again is not, it's false, right? And I don't really know. And that's why I'm very keen to go back onto the education because again, my role models are the women of my family. My mother, my grandma, my aunts never have, no one has done a surgery. No one's had braces. Half of them don't even dye their hair. Like I'm still trying to not dye my hair. It's going to happen soon. <laughs> um, too many gray hairs now. But again, they're really, you know, real women. And they've given me that confidence. And especially, you know, how it is in Dubai. A lot of people are getting done up and are going for that faster route. Great technologies there. If you need it, do it. But it's also understanding the route that you do have these options and look at it at a more holistic approach. Um, and I think that's where it's, it's, it's very important, you know, because again, you know, it's just one generation. Yes, we're living a more fast paced, you know, lifestyle, but the majority of all of our moms were, you know, all using olive oil, you know, uh, lemon, rose water, orange blossom on their bodies. I don't really know what's happened to us all of a sudden where we're kind of, you know, obsessed of getting these quick fixes that in the long term, I want to look good at my age when I'm 75. When someone looks at me today, I want to, I don't want to look younger. I want to look, wow, I look amazing for my age. There's one thing that uh, you, um, you were talking about, about the hormone hormone disruptors and uh, that's one of my favorite topics because <laughs> I'm very passionate yeah. about like hormones <laughs> and I've been working on my hormones you know for the past two years um, I think I'm getting better but indeed we cannot I mean it is unbelievable all the products that we have put on our body like you know body cream face cream Um, shampoos, um, anything, even the food that are disrupting so much our hormones. And even ourselves, or even, I mean, me before, I didn't understand what was happening, you know, with me until I took no care of it. And I did a program. I'm looking after the food. I'm doing more exercises. I try to sleep more. This is not, you know, the, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm making progress. We're going to say that I'm making progress. <laughs> yeah, you and Joe are both making progress. So there's hope. There's well, hope I mean, yeah, more me than Joe, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are so many things that actually, you know, as women, I mean, I would say like men, men as well, I think, you know, they can see like, you know, men have changed in terms of, You know, the hormones. Yeah, they're imp uh, impacted well, by impacting hormones, as well, by the way, as well, yes. But uh, I feel that us women, 
this is definitely something that you know, we need to look after much more. I, I mean, I'll do another episode definitely on hormones, like you know, sure. how they impact, you know, our beauty, our wellness as well, because it's it's so important. And I've, and I've seen like the how it has impacted me, like in the past and now as well. Um, we're getting to... And that's something called internal beauty, right? It yeah. also happens from the inside. Yes. And it will show. And so if you're stressed, going back to you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, you're not being fit, it all shows. And that's why the consultation part is so big. Same thing if you're having kids or you're not having kids or you're on a hormone. Again, it's so personal. Same thing for hair care. I mean, with Miriam, the biggest question was COVID. I mean, COVID has shown hair loss, with women, which is super scary. Again, your hormones have like completely in flux. I've seen the increase of rashes on people's skin, sinuses, right? And again, and another big factor is stress has a big play mm. of eczema now. Mm. So again, that's on the rise, which you don't really realize. Um, so again, when we talk about good skin, yes, 60%, I would say it's, it's down to genetics, but 40% is very much about life, uh, your lifestyle. And it's just being mindful. And one of the, the, the funniest things that when we were doing a wellness um, 101, we did it with, uh, during lockdown with Farfetch. And uh, I was just giving teams to the, you know, tips to the team. And it was men and women. So it was uh, trying to be as relevant as possible. But I was like, everybody has a candle in their house, right? It's always about, you know, Pinterest and having that candle. And I was like, and we're all demons to it. We've all bought the Ikea candles. Like I love Ikea. A lot of my things are from Ikea, but you would think, okay, great. This is a lifestyle product, right? Lighting a candle is cool. It looks, it sets the ambiance. But I'm like, you're entering chemicals, petroleums into your house. Already outside is, you know, enough that you bring to that your own home, why don't you mix it up with a black flame, your pets, your kids, you're all inhaling that. Imagine over the years, the same thing of you know cleaning products. That's another thing that needs to come to Dubai. There's not enough clean cleaning products. You know, There's a lot of, you can just do it yourself with the essential oils, but if you know how to do that. But I mean, such a broad topic we can speak endless but you know it's just the candles people who are like oh yeah <laughs> you know and you diffuse it i was the same and i'm still the same now like uh, oh yeah she's right <laughs> but because we have a lot of big spaces here in our homes you know yeah. we're very blessed so when we're getting these kind of items it's not just for your body is that you're inhaling these and just add it up over the years don't tell me today why do we have so many cancers and ill health for sure this is adding to to all of this so Raya, being in the in the beauty industry handling like beauty brand what is your beauty or skincare routine so for those who know me um i'm very much i love fashion but i feel my best in active wear i'm usually around in trainers a cap and i'm always about hashtag well-being on the go so i'm a vet and i wear minimal makeup um, and, um, again, I'm a skincare junkie. So I, you would always find that for me, it's about cleaning the face is the most important. I think investing and what I'm using is a soap from Halab. I found a friend of mine now who can go back 
to Aleppo and get the real Aleppo soap, which is a rarity. And this you can use to wash your hair. It's pure olive oil. Um, and so I use that as my base. And then I would use, I love to have um, an um a face wash that has a bit of an exfoliant in it because I believe that you should have an exfoliation every single day. Do you so, think so? I think so because again, your your face is so dirty mm-hmm. from everything that you're, you know, even if I don't have makeup um, and it depends because, you know, in one of the cleansers that I use, it has, you know, the ahas, but if you leave it a little bit longer, it, it depends on how long you leave it on your skin mm-hmm. and there's a mask, but I, I, I feel much cleaner. Mm-hmm. So I, double cleansing that you hear, you know, Huda Beauty, God bless you for keep on mentioning that, you know, double cleanse. You know, I think she's really uh, put that in the minds of everyone. And then for me, it's uh, my eye masks. You would see me, I walk in everywhere with my eye masks, uh, the de-puffing in the morning. I mean, um, if I can, if I may interrupt, no, like no joke. Huh? Soraya arrived this morning with her sunglasses <laughs> And underneath the eye mask from 111 Skin, the, the blue one, the depuffing one. Yeah. And uh, I think each time that I'm seeing you, you have like eye mask on you. Yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are, you can just apply it. And I mix it up between obviously the 111 Skin, the Nesco, if I'm behind the laptop, <gasps> I always love using the Black Pearl range for me because it's really about detoxifying and I have more darker circles around my eyes. So it keeps it hydrated during my time at the screen. And again, it we all have busy lives. It's just about making it simple, putting it at your desk, wearing the moisture at the laptop. And I walk around Dubai with them. Why not? You know, I mean, um, and, um, and an amazing SPF. SPF is so important. And that's why I wear my caps all the time. The sun, if we talk today about anti-aging, the most important, yes, keep yourself hydrated. We're very dehydrated. There's a difference between dryness and dehydrated. And my puffiness is linked to being dehydrated, right? And the types of foods that you're eating. But the key really is wearing that SPF, not being, you know, sun's great for you. I love the sun, but not being in those peak hours. And so I always wear a light BB cream that has an SPF. And I also wear a full screen SPF. It's not enough just having it in your BB cream or if you're seeing, you know, 15% in your skincare. I would say definitely for your face, 50. And, uh, and always put it on your neck. I think people always forget about the neck and decollete. Your yeah. first sign of aging is your neck and your hands. So I just put it all over and then that's it. So just, and then my night routine, I would always add an eye gel and a face serum. And then I mask on the weekend for my face or a cream mask, my hair masks. That's something that I can, you know, have more time with, but just four or five products right in front of you. Uh, my jade roller, I know that you, you love yes. yours. I put mine besides my bed. Super relaxing. Um, but yeah, the key is about keeping it simple. One beauty product that you always have with you. Well, I mean, you reiterated it. Definitely my eye masks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm a first witness here. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're getting to, uh, to the end of, uh, of this episode. Um, where, where do you see yourself? I know it's a bit like of a cliche question, but I like to ask this, like, you not know, to see the vision of my guest and 
Where, where do you see yourself at maybe like in a year time or in five year time? Or where do you see like the, the beauty industry? <laughs> I think we need another podcast. Session. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a group on. Um, look, I'm really excited for the region. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of great things that we're going to see. And the fact that, you know, the key family businesses, Shalhoub, Al Shaya, Al Tair, you know, um, they're going in the right direction. They're investing um, in the region. So um, I think there's only uphill um, from now. Um, so that's, you know, so where do I see myself? Um, really continuing on educating and bringing brands that I love um, and growing in the region. You know, we've got um, some really exciting projects and you can see that, you know, for instance, the first wellness um, hub called Chivasom that is a base out of Thailand. I mean, it's unbelievable. Progressive medicine, I mean, treatments. It's You can't use your phones there, which is great. I think we all need a bit of detox from the phone. It has been set up in Doha. So it's the first of, the, of its kind. And I think we're going to see many more. So I really recommend everyone checking that I just opened. And it's also got a clinic. We've just launched there with um, the likes of One One Skin, but amazing practitioners. So I think that brings a lot of, you know, juice to the region when we talk about wellness. So um, I'm very excited to see brands like that. Um, And so for us is to grow with key partners. Um, and, um, and in five years, I, I don't know, it's world spa and uh, retail domination for the region and just working with and synergizing with um, great people alike. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of opportunity to come together here, um, but regional growth is, is very much and always giving back. Because again, when I talk about education, it's, you know, I'm doing a lot more content. I'm trying to, you know, I'm writing for Fact Magazine online, Hospitality News, um, uh, Entrepreneur Magazine, because again, you know, I'm very blessed to have a very entrepreneurial family. You know, we're, you know, my father without him, you know, he's just, we're, So we're very much, you know, in, in, you know, visionaries, um, for the region. So, yeah. And exciting. We've got two new brands that we're launching this year. So wow. I cannot wait to, uh, bring these beautiful brands to, to the region. Congratulations. I can't wait like to discover them. Yes. Um, if, um, If you, if you could recommend one person for me to invite uh, as a next guest uh, in my podcast in uh, beauty, s'il vous plaît, um, who do you think, you know, um, that you know? There's a lot of great women and a lot of, um, I think also, you know, women who don't get necessarily recognized. Um, and I think that's what's great about your podcast, right? And then you're trying to, but um, I was really impressed and inspired by a lady called Iman who launched Katish yeah. as well during COVID, um, who was backed up by um, the Katan um, Angel Investment. Um, and I had met her at the STEP conference that just happened. And she was on a panel with fantastic women all about femtech. 
which is the future. I mean, we're 50% of the world. Unfortunately, it's handled by men, mainly. We'll get there. But, you know, these products are very valid. She's going into a bit of a niche. But again, she's very conscious. She's a woman from the region as well of the ingredients that she's putting in, of, you know, breaking a, a taboo. I mean, she will tell you more. But I was very impressed um, by her and her story and uh, and wanting to launch here in Dubai first and taking it globally. And that just shows you that Dubai is a great platform for entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, I hope you get to meet her and get inspired like I did. Okay, Iman, if you're listening to us, I will see you soon. <laughs> yeah, check out her products. I mean, she's got yeah. a great product for your uh, period for yeah. the time of the month for the essential oils um, and I and I think that everyone should uh, should look into it amazing where can we find you Soraya what how can people get in touch with you sure um, <laughs> so um, the best place is um, I would say on our website okay um, and on our Instagram page um, Pearl Tree Uh, underscore UAE. Okay. And uh, there you can mess feel free to message whatever question you have about skin uh, or concerns. And um, I'm more than happy to uh, take it offline and, and meet and have a conversation. Amazing. Soraya, it was such a pleasure to have you on my podcast, Beauty S'il vous plaît, and to talk about everything about beauty, skincare, wellness. Uh, clean beauty, uh, ingredients, uh, your vision of, uh, of this industry. And uh, I really can't wait to see what's coming next for you this year. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Laugh, for having me and um, exciting times ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. If you enjoy it, please rate it with five stars leave a comment and share it with at least two of your friends. This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful.